As we start this new section, anti-differentiation, I'd like to summarize with the three general, basic, simple rules for anti-differentiation. And uh, before I do that, I guess I should uh, remark that anti-differentiation, aside from being a word that's kind of long, is actually another kind of inverse operation. It's the inverse of differentiation, anti-differentiation. So we're going to go backwards now, and we're going to say with this big S thing that's missing part of the integral, it's called, the integral or antiderivative of u to the n. Now the du here is what tells us the variable that we're going to anti-differentiate with respect to, meaning the variable that somebody differentiated with respect to and got as a result the function u to the n. So if somebody differentiated a function and got u to the n, then what this big S and the du represent are the antiderivative of that u to the n. They represent the function that somebody differentiated to get u to the n. So if you think about it that way, you can see why it's kind of an inverse, right? So what did you differentiate and get u to the n? Well, when you differentiate a variable to a power, like x to the third power, when you differentiate, the exponent goes down by 1, doesn't it? And also, when you differentiate, the exponent, the original exponent, comes to the front as a coefficient. So the opposite of that is to add 1 to the exponent and then divide. So when we get to actual functions, I'll summarize that again. But presumably, you've seen this in your class as well. So u to the n du inside an integral, the thing you differentiated to get u to the n must have been u to the n plus 1 all over n plus 1. Now this plus c comes from the fact that if we go backwards and differentiate u to the n plus 1 over n plus 1 plus c, the derivative of that is n plus 1 over n plus 1 times u to the n plus 1 minus 1 plus the derivative of a constant is 0. So when you simplify this, when you differentiate, you get u to the n, which is where we started with. So it's true then that the antiderivative of u to the n is u to the n plus 1 over n plus 1 plus any constant you can imagine, 100, a million, negative 100 million, 1,000, that's not a number, but anyway, any constant you can imagine, the derivative is 0. So if you go backwards and you've got, you've been given a derivative and you want to find the function that it came from, you have to say, oh, there might have been a constant there that was differentiated and went to 0. So there's our general power rule, basically, for the antiderivative of u to the n du, or x to the n dx, or t to the n dt. The variable is just the variable of anti-differentiation, just like we had a variable of differentiation. We were differentiating with respect to something. Okay, moving on. We have the integral e to the u du. What did you differentiate to get e to the u? Well, just e to the u before, right? That e to the u is its own derivative. Now, if you're worried about the chain rule, don't worry about that right now, because we're actually going to address um, the issue of what if the chain rule happened in uh, two sections from now. So these are all simple rules, and you'll see with examples what I mean. 
There could have been a constant in the original function that when you differentiated would have gone away and just given you e to the u. So that's why the antiderivative of e to the u du is e to the u back again, but plus possibly some constant. You're going to see uh, more of how C relates to the antiderivative and something we call a family of antiderivatives in the next section. 1 over u du, what did you differentiate to get 1 over u? Well, that's that special one, right? The derivative of natural log u would give you 1 over u. Derivative of natural log x, 1 over x. Now, why do I need the absolute values here? We certainly didn't have natural log x differentiate with respect to x. It was just 1 over x. It didn't have an absolute value here or here, right? Well, the thing about natural log x is if you write natural log x to begin with, then it's an implied domain that x has to be greater than 0. So it's implied, if anybody writes log x, natural log x, that x has to be greater than 0. However, if somebody writes 1 over u du inside an integral, the antiderivative of 1 over u is natural log u, but 1 over u could be negative, right? You could, you could be any variable you imagine, and you can divide by it as long as it's not 0 itself. So because u might be negative in someone's mind, we have to say natural log absolute value u when we anti-differentiate. So it's very important that you see the difference between um, the derivative of log x being 1 over x and the antiderivative of 1 over x or 1 over u du being natural log absolute value u, then possibly plus a constant. And let me finish our proofs. Um, the proof of each of these antiderivatives is just to differentiate and see if you get back to where you started from, right? Inverses. So if I differentiate with respect to u, all of these things, the first one gave us back u to the n. The second one gives us e to the u plus 0, which is true. And the derivative of natural log absolute value u plus c is 1 over u plus 0, so we're okay. Each of these antiderivatives is true because we've proven it by going backwards. So let's move on to some examples. What did you differentiate to get x to the fourth dx? So, I mean, actually, I shouldn't say it that way. What did you differentiate with respect to x? That's what the dx means. And get x to the fourth. So what did you differentiate to get x to the fourth? Hmm, I don't know. I know that it must have had a fifth power, right? Because the derivative of x to the fifth is 5x to the fourth. So it definitely had a fifth power. But the problem is, if I go backwards, if I go backwards and differentiate this, the derivative, the reason why um, an antiderivative is what it is, the derivative is 5x to the fourth. And I have the x to the fourth in this integral, also called an antiderivative, but I don't have 5. So to adjust for that, I have to divide by 5. That's why it's over the new exponent. So it's a really simple thing to do. Take your original integrand, it's called, the thing that you're finding the antiderivative of. Add 1 to the exponent first, then divide by that new exponent. Also, there could have been a constant in the original function, 
And when you differentiate it, it's going to go away. So I have to acknowledge that there might have been a constant here. And then I can finish by saying, this is my integral of x to the fourth dx, or this is my antiderivative of x to the fourth dx. It's x to the fifth over 5 plus c because, or proof, if I differentiate back again, the derivative is first I take the derivative of x to the fifth, which is 5x to the fourth. But now that I have my answer over 5, now the 5s will cancel like they need to. And the derivative of 0, sorry, the derivative of c is 0. So I'm left with x to the fourth being my antiderivative, sorry, x to the fourth being my derivative of x to the fifth over 5 plus c, proving that I'm not awake yet, proving that the antiderivative of x to the fourth dx is x to the fifth over 5 plus c. Now the rest of these we're going to do a little faster because the technique is always the same. Remember that when you differentiated, first you took the exponent, multiplied it out in front, and then subtracted 1. So to do the inverse of differentiation, we do the opposite thing in the opposite order. Add 1 to the exponent, then divide by the new exponent. So it's the opposite thing in the opposite order, and that's how I get my antiderivative. But don't forget, there could be a constant that was differentiated and went away, went, became 0. So I have to acknowledge that by putting in plus c. All right, the next example, the integral of 5 dt. Or what did you differentiate and get 5? Keeping in mind that this dt tells me that somebody differentiated with respect to t, or often time, right? So what did you differentiate with respect to time and get 5 as an answer? Well, 5 is going to come from differentiating 5t, right? The derivative of 5t with respect to t is just 5. But there could have been a constant, even 100 million. When you differentiate it with respect to any variable, a constant is 0. So the answer to the integral 5 dt is 5t plus c. We'll do another because. The derivative with respect to t of 5t plus c is 5, which is what we started with. So it works. So this is my integral of 5 dt. Before I go to the next example, what would be the integral of 5 dw or 10 dw? Whatever the number is here, if it's a constant, then that represented the coefficient of a linear term in whatever variable is represented by the dt, dw, d whatever. So if you have a constant, then just take that constant. That's a coefficient of whatever variable you're given to the first power, then add c. Moving on to the next example, we have the integral 1 over 4v squared dv. Now this is a little more complicated for two reasons. First of all, we have 1 over. Second of all, we have a 4 multiplied by the v squared. Now, just just like when you differentiate and you have a constant being multiplied by a function, for the same reason, if you integrate and you have a constant multiplied by the function, you can take the constant out and just multiply at the very end. Just like if you have 2 times 3x 
and you need to differentiate that with respect to x, you can say, you can either say that's 6x, whose derivative is 6, or you could say that's 2 times the derivative with respect to x of 3x. So since the derivative with respect to x of 3x is 3, 3 times 2 is 6, you get the same thing whether you leave the constant in and differentiate or whether you take the constant out and differentiate. For the same reason, with integration, I can either leave the constant in and integrate, or I can factor it out of the integral. Take that 1 over 4 and rewrite it as 1 fourth times the integral 1 over v squared dv. Now, I just want to warn you, you can only do this with constants. You can't take a v out to make it easier and say, oh, that's 1 over 1 over 4v, natural log v, or something. You can only take out constants in front of uh, an integral. And you can only do it if they're being multiplied by this thing called the integrand. So if you have a constant that's a factor of the thing inside the integral, then you can take it out of the integral and just integrate what's inside. So now I have 1 fourth times the integral 1 over v squared dv. Now just as with differentiation, if you wanted to differentiate something like this, what would be the first thing you would do? You would rewrite this, right? You would rewrite this as v to the negative 2. We do the same thing for integration. So I'm going to write the 1 fourth out in front. I'm going to still write the integral. But then I'm going to write v, 1 over v squared as v to the negative 2 dv. Now I'm going to integrate this, rewriting the 1 fourth. Now I can just use that simple power rule, v to the negative 2 power. You can add 1 to the exponent and then divide by the new exponent. So I'm going to have v to the negative 2 plus 1 all over negative 2 plus 1. So I add 1 to the exponent and then divide by the new exponent, because that's the opposite of differentiating in the opposite order. So when I simplify, oh, but I guess now that I've differentiated, sorry, anti-differentiated, I want to put plus c on the outside. So now that I've integrated, I have to acknowledge that there could have been a constant that was differentiated and then disappeared. And so I have to adjust for that by putting plus some constant in here. So now when I simplify, I have 1 fourth still. v to the negative 2 plus 1 is v to the negative 1. All over negative 2 plus 1 is negative 1. Now, a lot of times people just do this in their heads after a while. Negative 2 plus 1, they go straight to negative 1, and then they divide by negative 1. Or if it's just negative 1, they'll often just put it out in front. But since we're doing this generally for the first time, I'm writing every step in. So now I have 1 fourth v to the negative 1 over negative 1. The negative 1 in the denominator can just come out and multiply by the 1 fourth. And the v to the negative 1 power can become 1 over v to the first power. So I have negative 1 over 4v plus c is my final answer. Negative 1 over 4v plus some constant. And to check this, I guess I'll just go over this way. I was kind of ambitious in what I thought I could fit on one board. So let me just differentiate to check or because or proof. All of those mean the same thing. 
if you differentiate that, first you want to rewrite that as negative one-fourth v to the negative one plus c. So this notation means I'm going to differentiate with respect to v, negative one-fourth times v to the negative one power plus c. When I differentiate, the negative one gets multiplied by the negative one-fourth, and I get positive one-fourth. The v has another one subtracted from the exponent. So v to the negative one minus one is v to the negative two. The derivative of a constant is zero. So when I simplify, I have one over four v squared, which is what I was given in the very beginning in the integral. So it checks out. I did find the correct integral, or I could say I anti-differentiated correctly. So 1 over 4v squared was the result of the derivative of negative 1 over 4v plus c. And so negative 1 over 4v plus c is the antiderivative of 1 over 4v squared dv. All right, I'm going to clear out my check here because we're going to need the space in a minute. The next one is integral square root s ds. So you'll notice that in, um, in this section, we really mix up the variables because we don't want you to just always assume it has to be x. You're going to find the antiderivative of the square root of s, and that means you differentiated some function with respect to s, and the result was the square root s. So just like with differentiation, the first thing you want to do with this, can you guess? We don't know how to anti-differentiate the square root of s, but we do have a general rule for exponents. So if I rewrite that, oops, that's not a negative. s to the 1 half power is the square root of s ds. So now I have this integral. What I need to do is the same as always. Because this came from multiplying out in front by the coefficient and then subtracting one from the coefficient, I do the opposite thing in the opposite order. Now I'm going to take s, I'm going to add 1 to the coefficient, and I can write 1, or just like with differentiating, it's actually easier if I write plus 2 over 2. So this is 1 half plus 1. Then I'm going to divide by my new exponent. A half plus 2 halves is 3 halves. So that's my divisor now. I'm doing the opposite of differentiating. There could have been a constant that was differentiated and went away, so I say plus c as well. Now this isn't quite simplified. When you divide by a fraction, that's the same as multiplying by the what? Multiplying by the reciprocal, right? So a lot of times people will actually, after doing this for a while, They'll automatically add 1 to the 1 half and get 3 halves, and then they'll just multiply straight off by the reciprocal 2 thirds. And then still we have plus a constant. And the final thing is to be polite. The problem was given to us in radical form, so often we do try to leave our answer in radical form as well. So we have a coefficient of 2 thirds. We have s to a positive power, so the s stays in the numerator but it's to the positive 3 halves power. The 1 half power means square root. The s to the third power is inside the square root. I still have plus c. 
And it's also possible that you could look at this answer, look in the answer in the back of the book or in a multiple choice test and not see this here. And why would that be? Why would this answer not be showing? Because we could simplify it, right? If you have s cubed inside a square root, that's s times s times s inside there. Every two s's inside a square root means one gets to come out, right? So we have s to the first square root s plus c. Either these answers might show up on a multiple choice test or in the back of the book um, or on a website. Also, even the two-thirds s to the three-halves plus c, sometimes that'll show up as well. So our, our final result for the integral of square root s ds is actually much more complicated than just the square root of s, isn't it? It's two-thirds the square root of s cubed or s square roots of s plus c. All right, let's move on to the next example because it's kind of similar to the last one. It just has a couple of things added together in it. Well, technically multiplied, right? A couple of extra things. The integral of 7 cube roots of x dx. What did you differentiate with respect to x and get, as a result, 7 cube roots of x? So in order to find out what that is, we have to rewrite the integral. So it's the integral 7x to the 1 3rd dx. Now remember what I said about that coefficient. Any constant coefficients, you can leave them in the integral if you want, or you could just take them out and multiply them by the integral like this. This is a little easier to deal with just because I don't have to worry about the 7 until the end. I'm going to say equals for each of these. So now I have the integral 7, sorry, 7 times the integral x to the 1 3rd dx. So I go backwards. I do the opposite thing of differentiation in the opposite order. So I add 1 to 1 3rd, which really is easier to think of adding 3 thirds, right? So I add 3 thirds to the numerator, and I want to divide by the same new exponent. So 1 third plus 3 thirds is 4 thirds. So I divide by 4 thirds. We'll talk about the possible shortcut again in a minute. Plus c, because the derivative of c is 0, so there could have been a constant. And now I need to simplify. So this is 7 times, let's go ahead and deal with this 4 thirds in the bottom. When you divide by a fraction, it's the same as multiplying by the reciprocal. If you prefer, you can write this as 7 over 1. So you have 7 over 1 times 3 over 4. Then you have x to the 4 thirds power plus c. Simplifying, there's nothing that I can cancel, so I just rewrite this as 21 fourths. And then this is the cube root of x to the fourth, because the three in the bottom means cube root, and then four in the top means power of x. So I have 21 fourths cube root of x to the fourth plus c, or remember what we just did with the square root of s cubed? We can do something similar with the cube root of x to the fourth. This is x cubed times x, and the cube root of x cubed is just x, right? kind of one, another one of those who's buried in Grant's tomb questions. What did you cube to get x cubed? The answer is x. So I could write this as 21 fourths x cube roots of x 
plus C. Now, if you want to verify this for yourself, you might be able to just do it in your head, but I would suggest doing it um, from here. You just kind of, you, you would have to go backwards from this answer to uh, 21 fourths x to the four-thirds plus c in order to differentiate anyway. So just double-checking that this gives me what I started with. If you take four-thirds times three-fourths, then the four-thirds times three-fourths just cancels to one, right? So I have a seven as a coefficient. And then x to the four-thirds minus one is four-thirds minus three-thirds. And four-thirds minus three-thirds is one-third. So the final answer would be 7x to the one-third plus zero, which is the original integral. Integral 7, cube roots of x, dx, same result. So my antiderivative is what I have circled down here, 21 fourths x cube roots of x plus c. Okay, we have two more in this, this family of examples. We have the integral 1 over 4w to the fifth dw. And I need to deal with a couple of things here. The 1 over 4 might look familiar from a previous example. That's a constant 1 fourth times 1 over w to the fifth. You could think of it that way, right? 1 over 4w to the fifth could also be written as 1 fourth times 1 over w to the fifth. So what am I going to suggest? I'm going to suggest factoring out the constant 1 fourth, putting it in front. Also, what would be the next thing we'd need to do? We don't have a formula for the integral of 1 over w to the fifth, so I need to rewrite that as w to the negative 5 dw. w to the negative 5 dw when we find the antiderivative of that, we take w to the negative 5, we add 1. Thankfully, we don't have any fractions up here in the exponent, right? It's just negative 5 plus 1 all over the new exponent. Negative 5 plus 1 is negative 4, so I divide by negative 4. Then I have to say plus some constant might have been differentiated. So now I have 1 fourth w to the negative 4 over negative 4 plus c. So when I simplify, that's negative 1 16th. And w to the negative 4 is the same as 1 over w to the fourth. So I could write this as negative 1 over 16 from the 4 times 4, w to the fourth plus c. I'll let you verify by differentiating this with respect to w and see if you get what we started with, 1 over 4w to the fifth dw. So the answer to the antiderivative, negative 1 over 16w to the fourth plus c. Okay, our final one in this group of examples. The integral 5x dt. Take a minute, pause, find the answer to this, and then come back. Okay, how many of you said... 5x over 2, 5x squared over 2 plus c. If you said 5x squared over 2 plus c, you would have been correct if instead of dt, we had had dx. Because the integral of 5x dx is 5x squared over 2 plus c. But I threw in a trick on this last one. It's not 
the integral 5x dx, it's the integral 5x dt. So the question is, what did somebody differentiate with respect to t and get as a result 5x? When you differentiate with respect to t and get 5x, didn't the original function have to be 5xt plus c? If you don't believe me, do the proof. Take the derivative, but you've got to take the derivative with respect to t because that's what dt means in the integral. The derivative with respect to t of 5xt dt, sorry, 5xt plus c. The derivative with respect to t of 5xt plus c is the derivative of a constant coefficient of 5x times t is just the coefficient 5x. So remember, if we're differentiating with respect to one variable, then any other variable is considered to be a constant. So the only way we could have differentiated a function and with respect to time, t, and received the result 5x would be if the original function was 5xt plus c. So the derivative of that with respect to t is 5x, and so that's the answer to this integral, 5xt plus c. So just keep that in mind. Remember, whatever this variable is, that's what you have to integrate with respect to.